0: Welcome to Tech Talk with Optimal RX. My name is Kristen Gilmore, I'm here with Julianne Grant and we are ready to talk herbal medicine.
1: Kristen and I are both practicing naturopaths with 25 years experience between us. As big herb nerds we are excited to explore all things phytotherapy and health with you. Welcome to all our amazing practitioners. We're actually here to have a chat about some of our wonderful Glycitrax. So Glycitrax make a wonderful choice for our fertility patients, and even for those that need to be on herbal medicines for a long time and to help improve their compliance and their ease of taking their herbal medicine mix. So let's dive in.
0: Alright, I'm going to start with Black Cohosh or Actea Rasmosa. And this is a herb I think a lot of practitioners think of, especially for menopause or perimenopausal patients, because it's a great hormone-modulating nervine relaxant. And it's really good for alleviating vasomotor symptoms like hot flushes. And this is um, helped by its bitter and cooling properties that can clear heat from the body. So in these cases, we'll often combine it with other cooling adaptogens. And in this patient population, I also reach for black cohosh where there is low libido. So whether that is associated with vaginal dryness or whether it's associated with hot flushes or night sweats, Uh, black cohosh can be amazing. And in these cases, I tend to combine it with other herbs like Shadavari, Zizifersal hops. Now, in the realm of female reproductive complaints, Black Cohosh will also go in many of my mixes for PCOS, so polycystic ovarian syndrome, in order to regulate these patients' hormone levels. So I'll use Black Cohosh to modulate the hypothalamic pituitary ovarian, or the HPO axis, to act as a selective estrogen receptor modulator and to decrease excess LH, so luteinizing hormone levels, and improve the LHFSH ratio on PCOS. So I will especially use black cohosh if I want to induce ovulation in women with PCOS-related infertility, even if it's just as a simple between day 2 and day 12 of my patient's cycle. Now, black cohosh is a really good uterine tonic, and it's also indicated for uterine spasm, so you can use it as part of a mix for spasmodic dys- dysmenorrhea, and it's often combined with blue cohosh for uterine pain and spasm. Now, another great uterine tonic is black core, so viburnum prunifolium. And black core is a uterine uh, spasmolytic and it's sedative and it's astringent. So it's mainly used to address pelvic cramping, excess uterine bleeding, and nervous disorders associated with menstruation. So I always think of black hole for my patients with cramping or spasmodic dysmenorrhea, particularly when the pain precedes the menstrual flow. And uh, I find that it combines really well with cinnamon for uterine congestion, for hemorrhage and pain because although black whore is slightly cooling in nature, cinnamon is warming and it has complementary astringent actions as well as acting as a circulatory stimulant to the pelvic area, which helps to relieve pelvic congestion. Now, uh, the third herb I want to talk about is calendula, so calendula officinalis. And Calendula is particularly indicated for pelvic congestion due to poor circulation or poor lymphatics through the pelvic area. So it's a lymphatic and it is a mild circulatory stimulant to that area. So it's often included in formulas to cleanse the uterus uh, and it brings with it also anti-inflammatory, spasmolytic and antiseptic properties. So I find calendula to be a primary consideration in endometriosis, say if there's congestive pain, heavy bleeding and uh, symptoms like this, because it has the added benefit of being an anti-adhesive. So it can be used in endometriosis patients to reduce and soften adhesion formation. Perfect. start with
1: Chase Tree, so Vitex agnus Castus. It's particularly useful for those conditions that worsen during or occur during the premenstrual phase and basically prior to menstruation. It's a first choice phytomedicine for breast tenderness premenstrually that is due to excess prolactin. And so what Chase Tree work towards doing is normalizing those prolactin levels. It can also be really beneficial in just normalizing menstrual cycles. So clinically, I find Chase Tree needs to be prescribed for a minimum of three months in, and in order for those results to be more balanced um, long-term. Let's dive into cramp bark, viburnum opulus. This is a really important spasmolytic to the uterus. It's particularly useful in the management of spasmodic dysmenorrhea. Other areas for use um, probably more so by experienced practitioners in this realm, is around fertility, and that includes threatened or repeated miscarriages, and that's due to uterine overactivity in viable pregnancies. So Don Quai, Angelica Sinensis, Uh, In traditional Chinese medicine, Dong Quai is known as a blood tonic and that's how I view it and how I love it. It's indicated for patients presenting with paler weakness, dizziness, dry skin, late or absent periods, uh, pale menstrual flow, weakness that they feel after their menstruation or after their period, um, after giving birth or even during breastfeeding so it's known to enhance fertility in those women that are blood deficient and I must admit for me I really do think of Don quai for women post childbirth mm-hmm. particularly if they've had blood, blood loss during their birth or they're just exceptionally fatigued which is obviously exceptionally common um, and all the women that have those scant periods and are just exhausted that, that's where I see Don quai fitting quite perfectly and again as a glycertract, we can use it in that um, space of lactation, if safe to do so, and obviously for fertility.
0: All right, I'm going to move on with uh, Japanese knotweed, so another great fertility herb, so Polygonum cuspidatum, and Japanese knotweed is an incredible antioxidant phytomedicine for the female reproductive system. It contains significant bioavailable amounts of resveratrol and that's how a lot of practitioners think of Japanese knotweed. So I find it to be an amazing inclusion in herbal mixes for long-term issues such as difficult to treat dysmenorrhea, difficult to treat pelvic pain, and it's also another primary consideration for endometriosis patients because it can be used to reduce endometrial lesion size, cell proliferation, vascularization, as well as inflammation and oxidative stress in these patients. And uh, like I said before, for fertility patients, Japanese knotweed is also beneficial for oocyte health and uh, for female fertility with resveratrol able to one, improve the number and quality of oocytes, but two, also improve fertilization and uh, developmental ability. So it's a key preconception herb as well. The next herb is Lady's Mantle, so Alchemilla vulgaris, and Lady's Mantle is an astringent tonic herb for the reproductive female reproductive organs, and it's primarily utilized for menorrhagia and dysfunctional uterine bleeding. And clinically, I know Ladies Mantle works really well in adolescent women with menorrhagia uh, where Ladies Mantle can be administered um, before the next expected period, so approximately 10 to 15 days before, uh, and this um, administration can reduce bleeding, reduce the length of the menstrual cycle and prevent menorrhagia from reoccurring. So that's one patient population that we might not think of where Ladies Mantle can be really beneficial. Uh, The next herb is Magnolia, so Magnolia officinalis, and Magnolia is a fantastic nerving tonic phyto-medicine that's able to support and normalize the really closely entwined central nervous, endocrine and gastrointestinal systems. So therefore Magnolia is indicated in those female patients presenting with endocrine system or hormonal issues along with mood dysfunction so um, that might be an endometriosis patient or a polycystic ovarian syndrome patient that presents with insulin resistance dyslipidemia as well as concomitant perhaps anxiety or depression or insomnia magnolia works so so well it's an amazing um, herb in this area and clinically if you are going to be using it for uh, an insulin resistant picture Uh, We find that the effective dosing for prescribing magnolia in this way is the mid to higher range. So approximately 50 to 60 mil per week in a mix would Mm. be really effective. Yeah, beautiful herb. I'm
1: going to talk about red root, so Ceanothus americanus, which is one of our primary amazing lymphatic and lymphagog phytomedicines for the reproductive area and for our liver area. Everything that's important for reproductive health, really female reproductive health. Um, It's particularly useful in patients diagnosed with PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome uh, and it's indicated in the reduction of ovarian cysts and really all cystic conditions in general actually and that's due to its potent lymphatic and spleen tonic properties. Uh, it can be used anywhere there is congestion or sluggishness. So red root differs from many of the more frequently used herbal alternatives uh, in that it is neutral and, or, and well, neutral to warming, sorry, in its thermal energetics and it's sweet in taste. So that contrasts to that more common cold and bitter um, lymphatic herbs that we're used to. So red root really is an important lymphagogue, lymphatic to the reproductive area and to the liver area. The next herb is Rhodiola, Rhodiola rosea. Now this is a profound mental and physical stimulating adaptogen um, that has been found clinically to fight the effects of fatigue and sleep deprivation. So mothers of young children come to mind. Here. Actually mothers of, of all age children really come to mind here to, to be honest. And through its ability to improve vitality, it was also traditionally used to increase libido in both men and women. So really, it's a phytomedicine for vitality. Rhodiola for the goals, I think. Uh, Shadavari, so asparagus racemosa. Now, this is the woman's tonic, in my opinion. It's a profound woman's tonic in that it supports and enhances reproductive functioning. Um, And it also supports energy and adaptation to stress. So really it is the modern woman's herbal medicine. Um, It's reputed as being able to strengthen female reproductive health uh, in order to produce healthy oocytes, as well as to increase vitality and fertility. And Shatafari is used to prevent aging basically as an antioxidant and to increase longevity, impart immunity, improve mental function, vigor and add vitality to the body. And I think pretty much most of us would appreciate that in the modern times. So they are our beautiful herbal medicines and many of which we have as a uh that we would love for people to reach through on their dispensaries and utilize clinically and efficaciously as I've spoken of today.
0: Thank you.